land of Christ, the kingdom of heaven is open and it is proclaimed, publicly testified to every believer that God has freely forgiven all those who have come to the faith of Christ and perish. The apostles and who by true faith accept the promises of God. The kingdom of heaven is closed and it is proclaimed and testified to all unbelievers and hypocrites that the wrath of God is upon the names of Seth Thomas of Ross and Jose Quintana who repent. According to this testimony of the gospel, God will judge both the good life and the life to come. How is the kingdom of heaven closed and open by faith and repentance? According to the command of Christ, each should call themselves Christians. Thus Lord and Christ, Christ and Christian, doctrine or life are first and truly the autonomy of brothers or sisters. Either we have to buck the terrors of the wicked and do our repentance to the church, that is, to the godly, so as not to be also their admonition, so as to give them commands, they are forbidden to eat of the sacraments, and they are excluded by the elders from the Christian congregation, by God himself, and from heaven. They are again received as members of Christ and of the church, and will come and go to it no more. The sermon, this sermon, was prepared by Reverend George Mpapata, presently at the Jubilee Canadian Reformed Church in Ottawa, Ontario. After the sermon, we will respond to this excellent song and invitation to worship. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, to get into a country, you must meet certain conditions. This includes a number of families and individuals that come from different parts of the world, from other countries to Canada, to study at our theological college. They had to meet certain conditions to get a visa to enter the Dominion of Canada. Each country has certain requirements to get in. In that respect, the kingdom of heaven is no different. What is required is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. One must by faith accept the promise of the gospel and then live a life of faith. As the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. It is only by faith in Christ, the Lamb of God, who was sacrificed on the cross, that one enters the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has two, two preaching, preaching of the holy gospel and church discipline. By the faithful exercise of these two truths, the kingdom of heaven is open to believers and closed to unbelievers. When a person by true faith accepts the promises proclaimed in the holy gospel, he gains access to the kingdom of heaven. When a person accepts the gospel and begins to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, then, through Christ and his church discipline, he is expelled from the kingdom of heaven. I proclaim to you the good news that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. This good news is first proclaimed, secondly rejected, and thirdly defended. Paul wrote that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. He is referring, of course, to the Passover lamb we read about in Exodus 12, 13. You know how it went. The Lord God was determined to bring his people out of Egypt to the land he had promised them. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, would not let God's people go. Through Moses, God told Israel to slaughter a lamb. They were to smear the blood of the burial frames of their homes and go into their homes. That night, an angel of death would fly over Israel.
Israel and strike every firstborn child of the angel of death with plagues over all the families that were protected by the blood of the Lamb. The Passover of the Lamb. That same plague begins Pharaoh so that he and Israel both slaughter of the Passover Lamb within the kingdom of Israel from Med Kidin up to this point through the empire of Egypt and through their entry into the promised land leads to the plague of Egypt and Pharaoh. However, as we believe, God through Moses said that the blood of the sacrificed lamb would protect them. They had to believe that. They had to slaughter a lamb near the blood on the door frames of their house homes. If they did not believe and do what God had commanded them, then the angel of death would kill their firstborn as well. It is a matter of faith. proclaimed the good news in Corinth according to the command of Christ. He called the congregation to faith in Christ through the good news of the Passover lamb that had been sacrificed. This is the mandate Christ has left the church. The mandate to preach the gospel, the ministry of word and sacrament, baptism, the preaching of the Great Commission, just before the Lord ascended to heaven, he left the church to this task found in Matthew 28, verse 18. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We see that the Lord Jesus Christ did not leave the church to resume the ministry or the ministry of the casting out of demons. He left us with the ministry of the word, baptism, which we should be reflecting as a church. Our Lord Jesus Christ is present in the worshipers presence, speaking to us, speaking to us in the word and in the sacraments. Yes, brethren and neighbors, we have fellowship with one another. That's important. But more important is that we have fellowship with God. We are here, first of all, to listen to him as he speaks to us the good news of what he has done for us in Christ, the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments. This is for all the members of the congregation, also the children, even the baby. A baby is brought into church to receive holy baptism. Then it is several years before that child is brought to church again, where it needs to learn to take care of its statutory sub-parents. Don't wait too long. The children belong as well. Let us not expand the nursery. Let us not tear down the endearing worship service and the school house. Let us rather see the nursery service as a very place for the babies to be until they are old enough to come here, here where they belong. That mom or dad can take a toddler out of the church for a moment to do the washing and conditioning of their child. That is not the church. Oh no. How could it be the courtesy to attempt to teach a toddler to take care of the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the gospel? What is the church? It is when people older than toddlers devoted to the preaching and teaching of the word and the preaching of the word and the delivery. That's the church, brother. This is it. It is crucial. But worst of all, it's God's church. Serving is God's church. We all need to sit faithfully under the preaching of the gospel. Learn the gospel and believe it. For all who believe the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is open. The preaching of the gospel will be kept secret. 
open up the door, and accept the promise of the gospel. Do you believe that the gospel is that Jesus went to hell for sins because of Christ's righteousness on the cross? Then heaven, heaven is yours immediately. If you do not accept this truth today, we rather reject it. Then that same truth will be exposed in the kingdom of heaven for you. If you do not believe, then the wrath of God rests upon you. If some Israelites had not believed what Moses had said, if when he told them that they had to sacrifice a lamb through the blood on the doorpost so they won't bring it offensive to the Jewish children of Israel, if they had said, yeah, right, Moses, we don't believe you, we don't believe in the destroying angel of the Lord and the protection of the blood of the lamb, if they had said that, they would have experienced the wrath of God for the destroying angel of the lamb that night. So today, those who reject the gospel will experience the wrath and condemnation of God some major unbelief and hypocrisy in modern Christendom. We read about it in chapter 5 of the Corinth church. A man was living with his father's wife. He was believed to be aligned with her, but likely the woman wasn't saved. The law of God forbade it, and the law was very clear that he was not allowed to take back his wife for his own sins. He was a busy man, a very zealous man, and he wanted the things that were detestable to God, and he defiled the land. Testament context, he defiled his church. It's bad enough that this member of the church was living in Jezebel, but on top of that, the church did nothing about it. They didn't tolerate it. They were proud that they could handle it. They were proud of their liberty. They had so badly distorted the gospel of free grace that they had room in their theology for self-condemnation for someone who was living so contrary to the law of God. This was the rejection of the gospel. Christ, the Passover lamb, had been sacrificed. In essence, they let him eat the leaven of sin during their lives. In the Bible, yeast or leaven is often used as a symbol for sin. Just like yeast was sprayed to the back of Job, so sin left unchecked was sprayed to the congregation. Exodus 12 teaches that the Israelites were to eat unleavened bread at the Passover feast. That evening, when they sacrificed the lamb and sprinkled the blood on the doorpost of their houses, they were to eat the meat of the lamb and also eat unleavened bread. The bread was not to have any leaven or poison in it at all. Paul alludes to this. Christ, the Passover lamb, had been sacrificed. How could they allow the leaven of sin to be given its way to the congregation? They were rejecting the gospel, rejecting Christ, not only the man living with her, but the whole congregation tolerating the sin. Paul says that they were being sincere. That's another word for hypocrisy. Hypocrisy and conscience. Joel says, pretending to be a faithful and obedient child of God while in fact you are living in sin. This Christian who was living with his father's wife was guilty of hypocrisy and so was the Corinth church. That's why they had to turn their lives over. The message is that the kingdom of heaven is closed for those who reject the sacrifice of Christ. Those who live as though the Passover lamb had not been sacrificed are those who allow the yeast of sin to continue its work in their own lives.
of every approach goes to say, oh yes, we know what the Bible teaches about subject matter, but you know, we also want to love Jesus and maybe we can't open the Bible to get to him. What about us? We live in a very representative culture that invites us past the horizon to become like Jesus. Now is the time for unleavened bread. Now is high time to juice every last crumb of leavened bread out of the house. Now is the time to renew sin in your life. Now is the time to quit play acting. Now is the time for sincerity and truth. Oh, no one can look into your heart. No one can. But God and you can. God can look into your heart and say to you, you know what is inside of your life? Are you affected with rejection of Christ? Are you affected by some trauma that caused you to live? The warning is there. It is real. It must be heard by all. The warning that the kingdom of heaven is closed to unbelievers and wicked. That the wrath of God and eternal condemnation rests upon those who reject Christ crucified. Unless you can show mercy. Church, would you that rather than be proud of how we can handle what the Bible calls sinful, the Corinth church was to expel from their midst the man with an impurity, the man living guilty of immorality. They were to hand him over to Satan, and his lifestyle was so forsaken him till he was a man of over 60. Let's decide to live differently. Let's communicate and not forsake Satan anymore. If a man calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral, they will not be associated with him. Not with Paul. He's different. Eating a meal with someone is a form of fellowship. You are saying that this person is your friend. Expel the wicked person from among you. Don't associate with him. Don't share a meal with him. That's what Paul says. The church has the task of emphasizing the wickedness of the sinner. All wickedness starts with self. out of mind. We must speak not we must do so not arrogantly, but as a brother who cares. But if mutual admonitions do not bring forth the fruit of repentance, then the elders of the church will not resolve. Do we yet understand the words of one scripture? Do we have sufficient information for the responsibility of the preacher? He says in first Corinthians seventeen he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for so many people are authority. Bought this command with a price. Obey them. To make a public profession of faith, the fourth thing we have to do is work willingly with the admonitions and discipline of the church. This is the common Christian rhythm. This is the doctrine of the common church. A very disconcerting thing is that sometimes that's true. But sometimes when the elders want to speak to someone about his doctrine or conduct, does not make himself available to them. He's not trusted. He's left to himself. The elders are skeptical of his doctrine. What we hear sometimes is that the elders only have an opinion. They admonish from the word of God and then they hear, well, that's a good theory, but I don't know about that. The elders of the church do not look at opinions. 
and the ability to do things that you could never expect. This does not mean that an elder with a career as a preacher can never be blessed. Not at all. And you can think you choose to preach and think you can die that blessing. Of course. But never forget that the Lord Jesus Christ has given the elders the wisdom of to lead and guide the congregation as he has for his people. He has promised to give them wisdom. Tell them the congregation is in error and believe them. Ask Jesus if you can and he will give you wisdom. Tell them if you can't and ask him. Keep the leaven of sin from allowing to have its destructive way in the midst of the congregation. Some members of the congregation are so corrupted that they have no